I want to welcome everybody to the uh, the weight loss seminar tonight. I'm Georgina Terry. I guess Graham Street. Uh, is somebody I think of as not only a good friend but my coach. All his Austin and nutrition training program. I hope you're going to get a lot out of this tonight. Uh, Graham is not about smoke and mirrors. He absolutely knows what he's talking about. He's going to give you the straight scoop, and you can believe him, and you can put his suggestions to work in full confidence. And I don't say that about too many people because there's a lot of smoke and mirrors going around in this industry, and especially about this particular subject. It is a black hole of magic. So tonight, prepare to clear all that away, clear your mind, listen to what he has to say. And with that, Graham, take it away. I uh, I want to first of all say that I am very privileged to be here. In fact, I uh, encouraged Georgina to let me do this seminar. I deal so much with uh, cyclists from all around the world and uh, a very high majority of them uh, women cyclists. And I've learned so much over the years, both as an individual uh, professional trainer as well as uh, the owner for Cycle Corps, on uh, ways of helping women cyclists in particular uh, accelerate weight loss. Um, and I'm going to go over uh, many different topics tonight, but they all are going to, in the end, are going to come together with one overall emphasis for all women cyclists. First of, first of all, I want to go over three common mistakes uh, that I have encountered over several years of being a professional trainer uh, and the owner for this company. The first of which, in relation to women cycling and weight loss, is the myth or the, what I would rather say, uh, misunderstanding about calories in versus calories out. And, of course, most of us have heard that phrase at one time or another uh, in our athletic or non-athletic careers. The idea that in order to lose weight, you need to restrict calories and you need to train more or exercise more. And in, in the most simplest terms, this is a great way to put it to the average individual. However... When it comes to progression for cycling, uh, it can get a little bit misleading because I think what will tend to happen, especially with women's cyclists, is a lot of caloric restriction and a lot of overexertion or overtraining with a lack of focus. We're going to go over a lot of those things tonight. Um, basically, calories in, calories out is not a long-term approach, meaning that if you took everything you're eating today and you cut it in half and you doubled your exercise, how long could you really maintain that? And I think that's the, that's the common sense question that a lot of us don't ask ourselves. And in the end, we wind up very frustrated and our metabolism is very slow simply because we're not asking that very simple question. We're going to abolish that fear tonight, okay? Mistake number two that most women cyclists tend to make is staying too much in the aerobic zone, okay? The idea that Staying, you know, in the 60 to 75% heart rate margins, uh, the aerobic zone is the best way to burn fat. Although it's an excellent way to gain aerobic fitness, it's not necessarily the best way to burn fat. Uh, and if that was the case, uh, when people were paying me $100 plus per hour for my time, if I really felt that aerobic fitness was the best way to help a, a female client of mine lose weight, I'd get them on a treadmill or an indoor bike and make them cycle for the full hour they were paying me that money. But the fact is, is I wasn't doing that. And the reason why is that that information just doesn't work. Uh, so we're going to go over that as well tonight, that myth, that idea that more miles, more hours at a low, slow burn is the best way to optimize fat loss, a huge mistake that lots of women make, a lot of cyclists make in general, not just females, okay? Number three, uh, biggest mistake that I see women 
cyclists making is the idea that good nutrition is the equivalent of dieting, meaning that I meet so many women that they're either on a diet or off a diet, and very rarely somewhere in between, some kind of happy zone where they're getting continual progress on an ongoing basis, feeling strong, feeling energetic, uh, feeling vibrant. Instead, they are either eating really well all the way or they're eating, eating really poorly all the way. And that holds true for not just women. Obviously, men fall into that category as well. But women tend to fall a little bit more victim to it, I think, than, uh, than men do. And the other, the other relationship to that mistake, and I deal with this every day as well. In fact, I was just dealing with it earlier today, is, Graham, I already eat healthy. You know, what other alterations can I make? And I think that it's a very skewed topic about what does healthy eating mean? And, of course, what does healthy eating mean in relation to weight loss? Because I know lots of people that eat really healthy that can't lose any weight. So there, there's definitely a, a difference between just healthy eating and healthy eating tied into also weight loss, okay? Uh, everyone that's coming in the show right now, and again, we have people coming in and out uh, nonstop right now. Uh, everyone should be muted as soon as you get in here. So if you're trying to speak, uh, you won't be able to. You're only able to listen to my voice at this point. At the end of the show, I'll do everything that I can to uh, get to questions. If you're online, you can chat your messages in. If you're on the phone and online, you can request to speak, okay? Uh, once the mistakes are done, well, actually, we just went over all three of those. So the calories in, calories out myth, the training is always aerobic, and nutrition is a diet kind of mentality. Now, let's go over the five secrets. Secret number one, women need muscle to burn fat. Now, this might sound, again, very common sense oriented, but trust me, I deal with this topic every single day in individual consults that I do for women around the world. Graham, I'm very afraid of gaining muscle because gaining muscle means I'm gaining weight. And I want to make one thing very clear in relationship to fat loss. If you want to lose fat, you have to build lean body tissue. You have to build muscle. And although, yes, building lean muscle is adding weight, I'll always ask a female athlete or a female cyclist the same thing. If you could be the exact same weight you are today but be leaner and fit you know, more, you know, less snugly into your clothes where your clothes are literally falling off and you have more energy, would you be happy at the same weight? And I've never had a woman say no. Yes, I would, feel, I would be happier even though I was at the exact same weight. So that obsession with what the scale says is a, is a bad representation of fat loss and overall gains in performance or overall gains in health and fitness. We want to focus on how much body fat can we reduce and increase the lean body tissue. So secret number one, going back to the idea of women need muscle. When you develop lean muscle, uh, you are creating an engine for your body to basically literally melt body fat. And the, the female body is not predisposed to building a lot of lean muscle. And the reason why is that the, women, the, the, the female physiology is built for survival. It's built to accumulate body fat. It's not fair. It's not cosmetically fair. Uh, and I know it, it frustrates a lot of individuals, uh, but the bottom line is that your body wants to reduce muscle in order to accumulate more stored energy. And that, again, that whether you want to go after reproductive purposes, all those other things, but the bottom line is that your body's constantly fighting that attrition rate. So if you want to start to burn more fat, we have to use strength training to help you build the muscle. And although cycling is a great way to get strong aerobically, it's a great way to get strong 
emotionally, physically, it's not always the best way to, to build lean body mass. I'll be perfectly honest. If I wanted to build lean body mass for an individual, I wouldn't put them on a bike for three hours a day. I would put them in either a weight room or I'd use cyclocore training. I would use functional training, core training, things to stimulate their muscle mass to accumulate muscle. And that muscle is going to equate to calories burned, body fat burned. So I want to make it very clear, you cannot be afraid, ladies, of gaining lean body tissue because when you gain lean body tissue, you're gaining that engine that's going to melt that body fat, and that's very, very important. We need a stimulus for that, okay? So if you're riding your bike four, five, six days a week, and riding your bike is the only thing you're doing right there, that's a major mistake because all you're really doing is turning on that aerobic engine, especially in secret number two, which we're going to go over next, if you're only working in that aerobic zone, you're not creating the right stimulus to develop lean body tissue. And again, the more muscle you create, the more body fat you lose, the leaner you will be, the lighter you will be in the long term. It's a long-term approach. It takes a leap of faith, and that's important. A lot of women shy away from that muscular strength training. And I'm not saying go to the gym and start pumping iron. I'm not saying go to the gym and start pounding out the weights. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'd rather have you do is once to twice a week, Strong 20 to 30 minute intervals of strength training, going after the entire body as, a, as an entire unit, going after your body in a full body mode. My cycle core programs, all the stuff that I produce for male and female, goes after the body as a complete system. I want to get your entire body working like an engine. The stronger the engine becomes, the more aerobically fit you become from the cycling, the more body fat you melt. And I've proven that literally just thousands and thousands of times over. Women come to me frustrated because they're doing so much work on the bike, they're working harder than the guys, but they're not losing the weight. What is wrong? They're not going after their weaknesses. They're not developing the muscle tissue they need to burn that fat. So you can do all the miles you want in the world. You get all the aerobic capacity you want, but it's not necessarily going to burn off the body fat. And a lot of the women that are on the show tonight, I'm sure, can relate to that. And, again, I've dealt with that many, many times. So fear not. We can overcome that very quickly, very simply. Two, two times a week maximum, three times a week maximum. If you want to go to the gym, you can go do strength training at the gym. If you want to do cycle core workouts at home, you could do that. If you want to do things like yoga and Pilates, all those things are great for gaining strength. But it's still not the maximum stimulus of what I'm looking for. Yoga is a great way to gain dynamic strength, flexibility, things of that nature. But it isn't necessarily going to really ramp up your metabolism, at least by itself. I think that every mode of exercise, cycling, interval training, cyclocore training, yoga, Pilates, I think the best thing to do, especially as a female looking to really optimize health and weight loss, is to really focus on all of those components, bring them together, create balance, create a stimulus, an ongoing change in stimulus that really sparks your body up. We were looking for, for spark plugs for your body. To ride strong, you have to be strong. And many cyclists, male or female, just hop on the bike and hope that they will get stronger at some point instead of really focusing on where am I weak? How can I develop that into a strength? And when you do that, you create a stronger engine. The stronger the engine, the leaner you get. When I was in, you know, before I you know, owned Cyclocore, you know, I've been into bodybuilding. Pretty much you name the sport and I've done it. And I was a very good bodybuilder. I, I just have the, the genotype to do it. But I still learned a lot about the human physiology, male or female, that you have to create constant stimulus and you have to create constant recovery. We're going to go over that here in a minute as well. But once the stimulus is produced, 
you have that spark plug, and then you have to go with it. And if you're simply just getting on the bike and doing aerobic session after aerobic session or workout after workout with no focus, no plan to really build that engine into a strong unit, you'll always suffer with it with that kind of lack of weight loss. And no one wants that. No one wants to get on the bike, put their heart into it, put their passion into it. They want so much to change. And like a month later, two months later, three years later, three decades later, say, I don't feel any different. I don't feel any different. And that's not fair to anyone. And, I, I, you know, I think my job is to serve you, to offer you hopefully balanced information to make some decisions on what to do. In regards to strength training, to finish up secret number one, women need muscle. Uh, you want to balance that out with core training, low back strength training, yoga, functional training. Again, my whole company, CycleCore, is based around that type of balance. Whether you use my stuff or not, I really don't care. But take the secret home. If you're only using the bike as your source to burn fat, you're going to get frustrated. You're going to get frustrated, especially if you don't move into secrets two, three, four, and five. So we're going to move from secret one to secret two. Secret two, fat loss nutrition is not static. So we just talked about training. Now we're going to talk a little bit about nutrition. We're going to flip-flop back and forth here. Most women fall very much victim to one of three things. Number one, either they restrict calories, regardless of carbohydrates, fats, or proteins. They just starve themselves, hoping with the calories in, calories out method, that if I can just eat, you know, five or 600 calories a day and, you know, work out for an hour and a half every day that I will lose weight. And most women will lose weight, at least temporarily. What will tend to happen in the long term is they'll pretty much just shut the metabolic rate down and get even more frustrated and unfortunately cause more problems than they solve. Because a year from now, your, your, your metabolic rate readjusts itself. It slows everything down. Again, I, I've told you, you know, right from the beginning of the show, women are built to be survivors. They're, out, they're built to outlast men. Make no mistake. Why do you think women live longer? You're built to survive. And because of that, unfortunately, from a, from a fitness and weight loss perspective, it's, it's something that works against you. So with nutrition, much like training, we have to augment our nutrition on an ongoing basis, meaning that no one nutrition tactic can solve all problems all the time. A good nutrition program should oscillate. It should change. It should shift based on your wants, your needs, your stress levels, and your training. Most people just find a diet program that works temporarily, and they think that that's the end-all, be-all, and they never change it, alter it, or, or shift it ever. And because of that, they get very frustrated results. And I don't want to see that. I want to see you get the results that you really, really want. So let's talk about the nuts and bolts of what that means. In the fundamentals, we're talking about pr pretty much carbohydrates and fats terms that most individuals, women or otherwise, can relate to. I meet a lot of women that fall victim to one or the other two categories. Either they eat a very low-fat, high-carb diet, or they eat a very low-fat or low-carb, high-fat diet. Okay? It's extremes. Our, our population, our society is built on extremes. Anything that's you know, right down the middle is boring, and if it's boring, you know, it doesn't sell, and it, therefore it can't possibly work. Well, that's just flat-out wrong. I've worked in the low-carb industry. I've worked in the low-fat industry, both as a trainer, a nutritionist, all that other stuff. And what I can tell you is that both sides have an argument. They do, okay? If you're sitting there eating grizzle and fat all day, it's no right. good, 
Okay, it's not healthy. It's not something you should be doing. If you're eating, you know, pasta, breads, and cereals all day, probably not a good thing either. I'm on a webinar. I think what's really important to understand is quality over quantity. Every nutrition program that I produce, and the primary one that I have for my company is the Cycle Fuel Nutrition Plan. What the real foundation of that nutrition plan is is very simple, very cut and dry. Eat wholesome, balanced foods on a consistent, ongoing basis and oscillate those foods or the consistency of those foods as needed. It's pretty boring, right? Nothing special. Balanced foods, wholesome foods, you know, whoopee. You know, who can't figure that out? What's ironic is, is when most people get the nutrition plan and are looking at it and say, hey, you know, I know this information. It makes sense, yet I'm not following it. I'm not doing those things. I'm not implementing them. I'm not putting them into action. And that's one thing I've definitely learned as the owner of this company is that, you know, ideas without action really aren't very valuable ideas at all. You have to have action and implementation. So when we talk about the idea, let's focus first of all on the low-fat, high-carb approach, which, by the way, predominates the cycling market in general, male, female, or otherwise. The low-fat, high-carb approach. I'm a cyclist. I need to eat my carbs. I need to eat my cereals, my grains, my oats, all that other stuff. You know, I don't need fat. I'm trying to lose weight, so I'm going to cut out all the fat, add in all the carbs. Well, in a very short term, okay, uh, without getting overly descriptive or overly uh, technical here, when you do that, you put yourself in a very vulnerable position. The more and more carbohydrates that are coming in, especially at this point, if there are an overconsumption of carbohydrates, you tend to have a surplus. And if your energy demands cannot abolish that surplus, that, that's, that incoming sugar, which eventually is what that, all those carbs turn into, has no, no recourse but to turn into body fat. And women's bodies are famous for this. You know, you eat, you know, uh, some healthy carbohydrates, pasta, bread, cereals. What, what do women say? Well, it sticks to my thighs. It sticks to my body. What does that really mean in real terms? It just means that your body literally does. It sticks to the food. So is carbohydrates bad? Absolutely not. They are a very good ally. We have to have them. Bottom line, the idea of completely removing them from our diet, not a good idea. And that's the idea of an extreme low-carb diet, the antithesis of a, an extreme low-fat diet. When you go on a low-fat diet, we increase the carbohydrates, we increase insulin. Insulin is great up to a point, and it becomes a major problem. We also basically decrease our metabolic rate. So if you have constantly incoming sugars, meaning that if you're eating just a low-fat diet with really no regard for anything else you're doing, and the carbs that are coming in are high sugar or high glycemic index, and it's spiking your insulin, your insulin is just running amok, you're going you're gonna to develop problems. You're not just going to gain weight. You're going to gain things like type 2 diabetes. And don't think for one second that's not one of the reasons why we have such a huge predominance of type 2 diabetes today is because of the notion of low fat is the best way to stay healthy. Because when you remove fat, you let insulin run run the show because carbohydrates predominate the landscape. And, again, this is not about good versus evil. This is about balance. So when we're talking about weight loss, Yes, we have to have the carbs. Yes, we have to have the fats. The quality of those foods, the wholesome nature of those foods is really what is the most important feature here, not just the quantity. What I believe and what I have seen in reality, not on paper, but in reality is if you eat balanced foods, meaning low sugar, low junk food, low saturated fat, uh, low hydrogenated oils, low junk, you know, get the junk out. 
And next thing you know, your body begins to kind of wake up metabolically and says, hey, I feel better. I feel strong. I feel energetic. I feel good. And now begins to lose weight, regardless of the incoming calories. And you know what the irony is? The irony is that when you eat healthy and wholesome and balanced, your body automatically begins to regulate its own calories, meaning that I could say, hey, you can only eat 850 calories today, 1,500 calories today, and you can weigh out all your foods and all that stuff. But you can weigh out 1,500 grams of Twinkies if you wanted to. Seriously, right? I mean, if I said, hey, just eat 1,500 calories today, I don't really care what it is, you could get, you know, 1,500 calories worth of Twinkies, chug them all down. Do you think you're going to be much better off? Well, you stayed below 1,500 calories, right? So that must be the answer. No. We have to take all things into equilibrium here, not just you know, how, how much we're eating, but what we're eating and when we're eating. In regards to the low-carb craze, which, again, is another predominant source, I was on the phone, I don't know how many times, just in the past month with women that are coming to me saying, hey, I'm, I'm interested in buying your cycle fuel nutrition plan, but I've, I'm currently on a low-carb diet. Uh, I'm eating 20 or 30 carbs a day, uh, which is very low, by the way, very, very low. And uh, I've lost 10 pounds. I've got, you know, 20 more to go. I'm petrified about eating an apple. Now listen to that. I'm petrified about eating an apple. You know we've got problems today when it comes to nutrition, when someone says, I'm, I'm scared of eating something like an apple. And trust me, this goes on every day. Maybe people that are listening right now are shaving their heads saying, you know, I'm afraid of eating an apple. Why? Well, it's a carbohydrate. If you eat a carbohydrate, you're going to get fat. Well, no. If you eat bad carbohydrates and lots of them, yeah, that's going to be a problem. But if we moderate the carbohydrates, we are more conscious about what we're eating, when we're eating it, and how we're eating it, then it's different. Then we're, we're okay. It all comes down to practicing those tactics. Again, I believe that each side, low-fat and low-carb, have their points. They have their validity, meaning low-carb diet, we're trying to control insulin, keep, keep insulin in control, burn fat. I agree, 100%. But to a point, you know, how much steak, bacon, and, you know, grizzle and fat can someone eat in a day? And at some point, when does that begin to reverse and become very unhealthy? So it, that can't be the solution. And eating, you know, bowl after bowl of cereal and, and pasta simply because it's low-fat that can't really be the solution either. There's got to be something in between. So let's go over a couple quick tips in, in relation to fat loss nutrition is not static. We already went over tip number one, wholesome non-processed foods. Non-processed foods. Think about that. So you can go to the store, you can buy pasta or breads or cereals, which in the, the simplest terms, you know, quote-unquote, they're healthy. Well, maybe, maybe not. The first thing you should be doing when you look at any food is, what does the ingredients say? Now, I don't, I don't even mean the nutrition label, like how many grams of fat or carbohydrates. I mean, what does the ingredients say? If the first things on that list are, you know, hydrogenated soybean oil, high fructose corn syrup, uh, you know, modified maltodextrin, you know, all those things that, you know, you can't even pronounce, then it's probably a problem. In fact, if it's packaged up in a, in a really funky-looking bag with lots of colors and some celebrity, you know, touting its praises, I'd be careful because that typically means they're just trying to conceal what the reality is, which is it's a quick, simple food with a lot of junk in it. And, yes, it's low-calorie, and, yes, it may be low-fat or low-carb, but that doesn't mean that it's healthy, and it definitely doesn't mean that it's wholesome. And those are the things you definitely want to monitor as you're dealing with this, okay? Um, Tip number two in relation to fat loss nutrition is not static. We want to be strategic with our carbs and our fat. 
So, yes, you have to have fat in your diet, if, especially as a female. I mean, let's get real here. If you remove fat from your diet, you're removing really any of your body's ability to produce the hormones that are necessary to burn fat. So you remove all the fat in your diet, and you're, you know, you're walking around, you know, without the ammunition to go and burn the stuff. That's the irony. Now, the fats that we choose, they have to be healthy. They have to be wholesome. They have to have value. So, you know, sitting there and eating, you know, uh, cheesecakes all day isn't going to cut it. That's not the kind of fat we're looking for. Uh, it's not also the kind of sugar we're looking for. So wholesome omega-3s, omega-6s, fish, uh, avocados, nut oils, flaxseed oils, all those things need to come together in certain ways to help us achieve that hormonal balance. We're going to go over that more here in a couple of minutes as well. In relation to carbs, this is the big one that I see in, in relation to fat loss nutrition for women. In relation to cycling is pre-ride meals, post-ride meals, after-dinner meals. Just too many carbohydrates running amok. I mean, I, I hear people saying, hey, you know, we're going to go out for you know, three hours this weekend with friends, so let's have a big bowl of cereal and a bagel and some orange juice before I go ride. Well, <laughs> I couldn't imagine a worse situation for burning fat than dumping a whole bunch of sugar into your system before you go and exercise. All it's, gonna, it's, it's like lighting a fire, getting a big bucket of water and dumping that bucket of water on the fire. It just goes right out. You're just eliminating any possibility of burning any fat. And these are the kinds of things, these are the little caveats that, that cycling runs victim to, is that this information is being passed from person to person, generation to generation. Hey, eat a high-carb, low-fat diet, whatever it's going to be. You know, this is, what you sh- this is what you have to eat before you ride, so on and so forth. Next thing you know, you're riding your butt off, and you're not riding your butt off. You know, no pun intended, but you're not getting where you want to go. And those are things that we need to consider. Uh, post-ride nutrition. You know, you need to make sure that you are getting calories coming in post-ride, but if you're sitting there pounding out the calories simply because you did ride and you feel that, hey, I rode for, you know, three or four hours today or even for a half an hour today, so that just gives me the privilege to eat whatever I want, well, that, that's a problem too. You have, you have to take all those things into balance. Uh, I know for myself when I want to start to, you know, really up the body fat reduction, uh, I don't come home from my rides and pound down and scarf down food. In fact, if I'm eating a very balanced, fat-loss-oriented nutrition plan, like from Cyclofuel, uh, I'm actually eating very little, and I feel stronger. I feel more energetic. Why? Because my body is turning itself on. I'm not getting in the way. Your body is a very dynamic machine, and all too often we, we make the wrong choices that gets in the way of that machine working correctly. And that's what we're trying to do here, is help get out of the way. Learn to be flexible. Learn to shift. Learn to adapt. Again, there is no one way of eating correctly to burn fat. You need to oscillate. Fat loss nutrition, maintenance nutrition, and performance nutrition. There are times during the year when we want to be at our century, performing at our best, regardless of body fat loss. We need to eat a certain way, a little more carbohydrates, balanced protein, a little bit less fat. You want to go into a fat loss phase, you need to remove some of the carbohydrates, add a little more protein, add a little more fat. So these things are working in oscillation, working together. Not just one way of, hey, I will only eat this way for the rest of my life. Let's be real. You can't do that. I don't want to do that, especially if it doesn't produce results. Secret number three. Ladies, we need to get out of the cardio zone. And I mentioned this with my, my second mistake when I first started the show. Women tend to fall victim to only training in the aerobic zone, meaning that more is better. More miles, more hours, more aerobics classes, more spin classes, more miles with my friends on the weekends, so on and so forth. And yes, I'm glad that you're doing physical activity. Yes, I'm glad that you're on the bike. 
yes, I'm glad that you're having a good time. But if it's not helping you burn fat and you want to burn fat, well, then maybe we need to curtail some of that aerobic fitness and put some of that stock into something else. We need to try other things. So one of the things that I, I definitely work with a lot with female athletes and female cyclists of any age, any category, beginner all the way up through world champion, is we need to focus our efforts. We need to get out of our comfort zones with only aerobic training and start hitting it harder every now and then. I'm not saying every ride. I'm not saying every workout. But occasionally, much like our nutrition, we need to kind of shock the system. We need to get uncomfortable. I don't mean uncomfortable in, hey, let's go do three hours of aerobic uncomfort. I'm talking about 30 minutes, 20 minutes. I remember when I was a trainer working with literally just hundreds of people willing to pay me lots of money to get them in very good shape. And they would come and pay me for an hour of my time, and I'd give them 20 minutes. And I'd have every other person in the facilities that I was working at saying, you know, how can you possibly charge your customer an hour's worth of your time for 100 200 bucks an hour and give them 20 minutes of a workout? And I said, because that's what, they, that's what they needed. It's only 20 minutes because I focused it made it really hard-hitting, went after their weaknesses, went after what they are not good at, made them uncomfortable, stimulated the metabolic rate, and got them the heck out of there, get them where they should go, eating well and recovering. That's what's going to make them lose weight. And every time, I was correct. And I'm not, that's not trying to be arrogant about that. What I'm trying to say is that the easy solution in anything in life, especially when it comes to fat loss or cycling or fitness, is more. More of what you feel comfortable with. Think about that. Think about going to work. Take cycling out of the picture, going to work. You have five different tasks at work, two that make you that you're very comfortable with, no big deal, you don't even really care about, and three that make you really uncomfortable. You're going to work on a Monday morning, really hard weekend, not happy to be there. Which tasks are you going to start with? The ones that make you feel comfortable or the ones that make you feel really uncomfortable? Most people tend to gravitate towards the stuff that makes them feel comfortable. And cycling and fat loss and all the other stuff, same thing. So if you feel comfortable with doing, you know, aerobics class after aerobics class or aerobic fitness after aerobics fitness or the same loop on the bike over and over again, the same intensity, then that's what you'll always do, and you'll always get the same result. The only way to change that is to say, okay, today instead of, you know, an hour and a half on the bike, I'm going to spend 40 minutes on the bike. And while I'm doing that, I'm going to do some intervals or things that make me feel uncomfortable. I'm going to stretch what I feel comfortable with and see how that works. And I, obviously, I would recommend some kind of structured training plan to go with that. Uh, this is kind of where you can get into other trouble by kind of just throwing stuff together. But I will say, if even you know without a structured plan, go out there and see what your body can do. Shorten it up a bit. Focus your efforts. Stimulate the system. Stimulate that engine. Just like the nutrition, we have to kind of throw some curveballs out there. See how your body responds. But by doing the same thing over and over and stroking your ego and saying, hey, I got six, you know, six days a week of training done. I did X amount of miles. I did X amount of spin classes, X amount of this. And you're still looking in the mirror saying, what is wrong? Why is my body not dropping fat? You always have to ask yourself, am I creating the right stimulus for my body? And I know that's frustrating. And no one likes to hear that. No one likes to hear that, hey, you have to do things that make you uncomfortable. But that's what I've learned. And as a business owner, trust me, uh, the reason why I think I am successful is because I'm willing to do things that make me feel very uncomfortable. And same thing with cycling. If you want to be uh, making progress, you have to do the things that you don't like sometimes. And that's okay. Because once you start to get, get the results and your body
body begins to feel it, I promise you, you'll change your tune and say, you know, this doing uncomfortable stuff, it ain't so bad. I don't really mind it so much. So remember that. Uh, as far as the intensity is really what we're looking for, I'm looking for you to get out of that aerobic zone, increase the intensity. How often do you want to do that? I would say to get started, pick one workout per week that you would typically do. Cut it in half and double the effort. Okay? So if you typically go out on a Wednesday for an hour, you go and do a 15-mile, 20-mile loop, nice and casual, cut that loop in half, and make it twice as hard. Go reverse. Go backwards. You know, Take it the other way. Take, take it where the hills are going to bring. Where, where, you know, go into the headwind instead of with the headwind. Uh, things that will challenge your body in different ways. That's important. That's the kind of thing that's going to stimulate your body. Again, if you really want to get aggressive with fat loss, you have to get aggressive with mentality first because it's not just going to come by itself. If anyone could just start to just melt the fat off, it would just happen. I mean, I'd be a billionaire if it was that simple, but it's just not. It takes work, and I can't do the work for you. Only you can do that, but I can give you the suggestions and the experience of things that I've learned. And, again, this is, this is testing. You have to go out and find out what things are going to work for your body. But I, I can definitely guarantee you that if you go out there systematically and challenge your body, you will begin to find avenues of stimulation. Even if you don't see the weight just melt right off, but you feel stronger, you feel energized, the weight will come off eventually. Maybe not in the way you think it will, but you will make the changes you're looking to achieve. And that is a big component right there. Okay. My wife, I'm going to give you a quick example uh, of someone that uh, when I first met my wife, Kate, a uh, beautiful girl, uh, and a, an avid runner when I met her back in 1998. And, uh, God, she was running, you know, 5 to 15 miles a day. You know, she's doing like 50, 60, 70 miles a week, just nuts. Very thin, naturally thin, uh, but kind of had that thin, flabby look, really no muscle tone at all. Uh, she ate a very restrictive calorie diet. Uh, no strength training, of course, no strength training, petrified of adding weight. And uh, she was still never happy with her body, which is why she became so addicted to running, by the way, much like cycling, uh, more running, more cycling, more hours, more time, more mileage, and that will make you thinner. And she was still never satisfied because she never developed the muscle tone or the body that she really wanted. And she met me, and of course I sat on her, you know, tooth and nail as hard as I could, saying, hey, you know, you're just doing just way too much of this aerobic stuff. You know, if you want to change your body the way it looks, the way it performs, you're going to have to balance that out. So she started training with me, and we started doing a little bit higher intensity training, taking her running. We, I think I cut her running down to a quarter of what it was. But when she was running, she was running with higher intensity, more focused efforts. She was doing things like sprints, things like, you know, power intervals with, you know, basic running tactics. She was, uh, instead of restricting calories, she was restricting junk food. Because when you restrict calories, you tend to eat lots of junk food. Isn't that ironic? So the little calories you're eating, it's never usually very good quality. But because you're so obsessed with how much food is coming in instead of the quality, you think it's okay. And she was doing that exact same thing. And we worked on that. We worked on more of a carb-conscious diet. And because of that, uh, within about a year, I mean, my, my wife's you know, whole physique just absolutely was dynamically different. I mean, just dynamically different. She looked like a whole different person. And she was so much happier with how she looked. And more importantly, how she felt. She wasn't injured all the time. She wasn't fatigued all the time. She was happy with food again. She was happy with her body. Why? It was because she was making very simple alterations. And I think that's what a lot of women are looking for. They want to feel good. They want to look good. They want like to see the scale begin to drop. 
but they want to they want to feel you know energetic. They want to feel powerful. They want to feel strong. I mean, who doesn't? I do. That's why I eat the way that I do and, and I train the way that I do. And it's no different for women. I think that the problem is is that uh, cycling, by and large, up till now, and of course, really up till Georgina Terry, <clears throat> uh, you know, was a, a male predominant sport, much like most things. Well, so all the information that's out there is for guys. Well, you know, a lot of it's still valid for women. I'm not going to lie. A lot of it's very transferable. But let's be real here. There's a different physiology. There's a different morphology. The other things have to happen to achieve results. So moving on to secret number four, we need to work on recovery. And no one in, likes this stuff. No one wants to say, well, how can you possibly talk about the term recovery for fat loss in relation to dropping weight? Well, I'm going to tell you something. I want, to, I want you to listen really closely to what I'm about to tell you because I, I honestly believe this is the secret for helping you achieve maximum fat loss. If you are training with more focused effort and intensity, if you are eating a nutrition plan to stimulate fat loss and throw your body metabolic activity, okay, instead of just eating the same thing over and over again, and if you are training every now and then, twice a week or so, to build muscle, then recovery becomes the most important part of losing body fat. And what that means is that when you train your body, you create the stimulus through nutrition or training, that stimulus is the spark, okay? Now you have to let that spark turn into a flame, a fire. And that fire, ironically, is through recovery, not more activity. What most cyclists do, what most women do, is more activity, more training, more miles, more classes. And the fear of, oh, my God, if I stop doing my training, I'm going to lose all the progress that I've got, all the results that I've got. That's the myth. And don't worry, ladies, you're not alone. Guys suffer with this just as much as women do, okay? The difference is is that it's even more important for you because of the hormonal nature of the female body. Okay? You have more propensity to, to produce cortisol. Cortisol is your body's natural stress hormone, and that hormone comes out when things get tough, and it reduces muscle tissue. Why? Because it allows you to retain body fat. Why? Because body fat is a survival tool and mechanism. We've already talked about that. Insulin begins to go up. Growth hormone begins to go down. Insulin-like growth factor begins to go down as a result of a lack of recovery. So if you're doing all this great training and you're eating all this great food and you're not getting adequate recovery, then your body's not going to burn fat. I don't care if you work out seven days a week, two hours a session, working as hard as you can. If you're not getting recovery, you're not going to get lean. And if you do, you're not going to be happy. You're going to be a pretty miserable person. You're going to be weak and tired and frail and susceptible to injury, susceptible to fatigue, and all the other things that come along with basically what would amount to overtraining. So I want to lay down the gauntlet. Do not be afraid to take a day off. Do not be afraid to do passive and active recovery. Okay? Do not be afraid to not do your ride today or your aerobics class today or your spin class today or your cycle core today because your body's telling you, hey, I'm pretty whipped. Because when you when you listen to your body and you take that time off, even if it's just a day, you increase your hormonal status to burn fat. And I learned this the hard way as a bodybuilder. And again, I, I'm only bringing bodybuilding into the equation for one simple reason. Bodybuilding was all about lean muscle and burning body fat. 
And cycling, you know, a lot of us, we're everyday cyclists, so we're not competitive, you know, we're not highly competitive, we're not out there to win, you know, the Tour de France, we're not out there to win, you know, uh, Cat 1 races, at least not most of us. We're out there to feel strong, look great, and feel great, right? So if that's the case, we have to take these things into effect, meaning that we have a life to live, we have kids, we have spouses, we have other stresses that impact us other than just cycling. And a lot of us don't take any of that into account, and we're overstressed overworked, overtrained, under undernourished, and no wonder that metabolism is just shutting right down, just shutting right down. And those are the things that you have to take into consideration. So how much recovery should be going on on a given week? At least one day per week, you should be completely off the bike, out of the spin room, out of the aerobics class, off cyclocore, and out of the weight room, at least once a week. Under high stress levels, when you're really doing higher intensity training, maybe in season or preparing for something, it should be off twice a week. Yes, the harder the training gets, the more recovery you deserve. And the more, the more proper recovery you take, all things being equal with the right food, the leaner you will get. And again, this is a leap of faith. You can believe me and give it a shot and give it the long-term approach and find out that I'm correct. Or you can take the short route and say, hey, I'm going to exercise more. I'm going to only focus on how many calories I burn. I mean, how many of you get home, the first thing you look at is how many miles you did, how fast you went, and more importantly, how many calories did you burn? Oh, I did 400 calories today, 600 calories, 800 calories. Well, you know what? That's a computer readout. It's a graph. It has no bearing on the actuality of what actually went on in your body. And more importantly, it measured actually how many calories possibly was burned during the activity. I don't even care about that, seriously. What I care about as an exercise physiologist and someone that's really done a lot of work with this one-on-one, I care about the stimulus that the work created to create long-term effects. So if you did a 30-minute high-intensity workout, whether it's cyclocore, whether it's riding your bike, whether it's a spin class, and you did it with, with vigor and focus and you moved into recovery, You might have burned 500 calories, maybe even 1,000 calories during that session, but what if it increased your metabolic rate 1%, 2%, 5% over the next 24 to 48 hours? Now we got something we can work with. Now we got something that can really begin to stimulate your body to begin to burn fat. And that's what a lot of individuals, women especially, will tend to functify themselves with. They'll, They'll sabotage themselves. They so desperately want to lose weight, they keep doing more. They keep eating less, they shut down the system, and they say, what's wrong with me? It must be my genetics. It must be because I'm a woman. Because my husband, he went on the same plan, and he dropped 20 pounds, and I dropped two. What happened? Well, you didn't adjust for things, okay? The male physiology is different. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, we get a lot of buffer zone, okay? We also die about 15 years earlier than than ladies do, so (laughs) take solace, Um, What comes around goes around. But our bodies were, you know, basically designed to be strong, bigger, live long, protect, and get the hell out of here. Women, different story. Built to survive. And, again, because of that, you'll constantly be battling that attrition rate. But, again, regardless of that, you can't overcome it. I spoke with a woman just today, and I bet you she's on the phone with us right now listening on the show. I won't mention her name, but if she's here, I'm glad she's here. She came to me back in September of last year, desperate. Very skilled cyclist, I could tell right off the bat. She, I believe, is in either in her 40s, maybe even almost 50. I don't remember. And uh, she says, Graham, I do about seven to 12,000 miles a year, every year. I'm like, Jesus, you know. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of mileage in a year. 
And I said, well, you know, why are you calling me? She said, I'm calling you because I just, I don't know, there's something that's not right. I'm not getting the results that I want. I'm not losing the weight that I want. Something just isn't clicking right for me. Help me. And we talked about her, you know, uh, desire to basically run herself ragged. I mean, she was doing like six, basically six to seven days. I think she was doing seven days a week of training, either on the bike or off. And she was unhappy with her results. But yet she kept on doing it year after year after year. And I put her on Cyclofuel, the basic nutrition plan, which she argued with me back and forth. Graham, I know how to eat well. I'm already eating well. I take great care of myself. What the hell do I need a nutrition plan for? And I said, well, I said, I bet you that you are eating well, but you're actually getting in your own way. And you're not dropping the body fat you're looking to drop because you're just making some very fundamental mistakes. And my plan is going to help you rectify that. She said, all right, I'll take you at face value. Give it a try. So you also need to do some strength training. You need to build some muscle. Eh, you know, Graham, I'm on the bike six, seven days a week. What do I need to do that for? But she took me at face value. She tried it again. I spoke with her just today, literally just today. And we've spoken many times actually before. Come to find out she's dropped about 14 pounds using the nutrition plan, which is a lot for someone that's an endurance athlete. You know, doing seven, you know, 10, 12,000 miles in a year on a bicycle. She's doing literally one quarter of the amount of total training that she was doing before using my programs, very simple techniques, very simple program. Uh, I said, well, how do you feel? She says, I feel fantastic. She says, to be honest with you, I'm just absolutely amazed simply because I didn't know that my nutrition was getting in my way of burning fat. I always felt that I was eating healthy. And she says, I, you know, when I watched your DVDs and I listened to the nutrition plan, I printed it up, I started using some of your recipes, I realized a lot of the stuff that I was doing, which is wrong. And she says, now I feel great. I'm going out. I'm doing new things on the bike. I've got new goals for myself. I've got new vigor. I've got new energy. Why? Because she started waking up to the fact that just simply doing more miles, more aerobic activity was no longer the solution. That balance was the solution. Doing other things, core training, yoga, recovery. Oh, my God, get off the bike. I mean, she, I remember when I talked to her you know, last year. She said, I can't get off the bike. I, I can't do that. And I said, trust me. In fact, I, I, I think if I recall, I, I bet her. I said, buy the programs, take my advice, get off the bike every now and then, take better care of yourself, and you'll get more results. And if you don't, I'll give you back every penny. And lo and behold, I think she owns every program and plan that I've got now and, and, and thirsty for more simply because I've opened a gateway for her to find out what's really possible. Because what, what we really want, do we really want more training? Do we really want diets? No. I want to feel good. I want to melt fat. I want to look good in the mirror. I want to... You know, be energetic. I want to be good, you know, energetic with my kids. I want to be energetic when, you know, when I go to work. I want to feel good about myself. That's what we want. The weight comes off as a result. Well, bonus, major bonus. And typically, if we get those other things, the fat will come off. And that's what's so great. Moving on to secret number five. Wrapping this whole thing up into the big picture, okay? Secret one, two, three, and four is all about stimulus at the end of the day, okay? Stimulating your, your nutrition, oscillating your nutrition from fat loss to maintenance to performance, meaning that we're shifting the influx of carbohydrates, fats, so on and so forth, to manipulate what? Our hormones. I've learned that without exception. Don't train the body to burn calories. Train the body to stimulate the hormones. Insulin, growth hormone, progesterone, cortisol, all those things. And you have to do it in a very, very tactful way. If you work, work hard. When you rest, rest harder. When you eat, eat wholesome. And when you have fun, have fun. I'm not saying you can't have pizza. I'm not saying you can't have beer. I'm not saying you can't have chocolate. In fact, I account for all those things in my nutrition plan, everything. 
because you have to have those things. If it's not practical, you're not going to follow it, at least not for very long. And if you don't follow it, well, I can't help you get results. So I have to make it where you can still be a human being and still enjoy life and still get results. Because, again, at the end of the day, if you're leaner but you're not happy, then I haven't done my job, and you're left kind of holding that, you know, that position for I don't know how long. And I would never want to wish that upon anyone, especially myself. I like beer, I like pizza, and I like chocolate. And there's room for all that stuff in a nutrition plan. The trick is, is when, where, how much. Keep it, keep it wholesome, keep it balanced for just a couple weeks, and those things will fit into place on their own. And again, that's a leap of faith. Every other diet book on the planet doesn't want you to believe that. They want you to believe that X plus Y equals Z. No carbs plus, you know, grizzle and fat equals lean. Or, you know, no fat plus pasta every night equals lean. And it's that kind of mentality that runs us a lot into trouble. Focus on fun and enjoyment first. Again, that, you know, sounds kind of corny, right? Well, it's true. The woman I was just speaking about, you know, she wasn't having fun anymore. She was getting so fixated on losing the weight, fixated on it fixated on making sure she got her miles in. She wasn't having fun anymore. And that's why she wasn't getting the results. And I made things very simple for her. And that, that's typically the irony. That's really what my company, what at least what I try to build, is all about. Trying to remove all the junk. I don't just mean the junk food. I mean all the junk. The stress. The complexity. The questions. The guessing. Get it out of there. Make it simple. And it works. It's ironic. Because we live in a world that we, they want you to believe, you know, if it's simple, you know, it can't possibly work. It's got to be complex. Not in this case. Fat loss is actually a very simple, simple thing. Listen to your body. Work it hard. Recover even harder. Remove self-limitations. Get it out of your head that you can't do something. Because anything's possible. So if you say, hey, you know, uh, I'm overweight or I can't lose fat because of my genetics or because my mother's overweight or blah, 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 then you'll always be overweight. you always have problems because you're automatically self-limiting yourself. And yes, we all have to overcome basic genetic predisposition. Fine. I do. I come from a big bone family, okay? So what? doesn't mean that I can't fight and find ways of overcoming that and maintaining the health, fitness, and leanness that I'm looking for, okay? It just takes tactful thinking and commitment. And I think everyone, if you're on here tonight, you have the commitment. I'm not concerned about that. Uh, you have the passion. I'm not concerned about that. Now we just need the little caveats in there to hopefully make this thing move forward, and we're ready to go. Focus on your personal progress, not someone else's. So you go out on a group ride, you've been working all week all by yourself with your training, your focused training, your focused nutrition. You go out on a Saturday, there's uh, 10 guys in the group and three girls, and you let their success or their, you know, uh, their ride dictate how you feel about yours. Just be careful of that. I don't have a problem with group rides but I do when you let them dictate how you're doing as the only result of what's really going on in your body. Because if you're feeling great and you're happy with who you are and what's going on and you let one ride dictate who you are again, then you're going to get in trouble. You're going to get right back into unhealthy eating. You're going to get back into overtraining, adding more miles. Because once that fear begins to set in, you get into trouble. So focus on you. I've always said, you know, I'd rather have an individual focus on themselves by training by themselves for, you know, a week at a time with no one else at all. Just remove the whole thing and focus on what you're not good at. Do the things that make you uncomfortable by yourself because when you come back together as a group, you're going to be better off. You're going to be stronger. You're going to be happier. And that's, uh, that's very important. 
So think about those things. And then lastly, train train your body as a system. And uh, that is probably one of the most important things that I can definitely share with you tonight is train your body as a system. What that means is that look at it more than just restricting calories. Look at it more than just how many hours you spent on the bike. Look at it more than how many miles are on your odometer. Look at it more than, you know, what size clothes you're wearing or what the scale says, but train your body as a system, okay? And that's, again, it's it's kind of hard to conceive because we see our bodies as individual components, you know, how heavy am I, how light am I, how this, how that. And I think it's important to focus on the fact that, hey, I feel good today. Uh, I like how I'm looking. I like how I felt compared to last week or how I felt compared to last month. And a lot of people tend to disregard that simply because they are, afraid of the ramifications, okay? Uh, so once you get past that, you can really begin to have a lot more fun, okay? So I'm going to re- reiterate just really quickly secrets one through five just to wrap up, and then uh, I'm more than happy to take questions. So if you're on the phone and on the computer, you can click your waiting to speak button if you have a question. If you are on the phone only, unfortunately, all you can do is just listen, and of course we'll have this show recorded. If you're on the computer, and you're logged in, you can submit a chat message, and of course I'll do the best I can to answer those questions as well. Secret number one, just to reiterate, uh, women need muscle. So again, we need strength training to stimulate the muscles, not just cycling at least uh, once or twice a week. Uh, Secret number two, fat loss nutrition is not static. We need to change how we're eating to meet the demands of our body. We need to make sure that we are able to stimulate our our metabolic rate uh, through the foods that we eat. Uh, We need to do that um, by altering our carbohydrates and fat intake. Uh, we need to do that by making sure that we're not woofing down a whole bunch of food uh, before we go out on most of our rides, which a lot of us tend to do. Uh, we're not over-consuming carbohydrates. We're not over-consuming fat. Again, more of a balanced approach, okay? Number three, don't be a cardio queen. Don't fall victim to doing more miles, more hours for the idea of burning just more calories and taking nothing else into account. You're going to get very frustrated I don't want to see that. I need occasionally, at least once a week, sometimes more, depending on the time of year and your goals. We need to stimulate the body with what I would call higher intensity training or HIT training, and that's very, very important. Okay. Uh, and then number four, recover for fat loss. And again, I, I discussed this quite a bit, but basically, you need to absolutely make sure that you are getting adequate recovery from your workouts. You're getting adequate recovery from your life. Again, you need to factor in stresses from your life. If you're going through a big life change, you're moving, uh, you're doing a job change, you just had a kid. I, I just had uh, my second child just, Jesus, three, almost just uh, three weeks ago. Talk about a major life change. I'm, I'm, right now I'm on no sleep. I haven't had you know, a good night's sleep in probably two weeks now. Um, I'm training, but I'm training you know, at an absolute you know, uh, minimum time zone. My intensity is pretty high when I train, but the recovery is definitely higher. Like, typically I would have ridden today. I would have trained today. But my body said otherwise. It said there's just no way that you should be training today. And it's that experience, it's that ability to recover, that ability to have the discipline to recover that will allow me to stay lean and strong and fit when my counterpart, who is very afraid of getting off the bike, will tend to uh, continue to train, 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 and train, okay? And then last one, number five, the big picture. Again, taking the whole thing into effect. Georgina, are you back on the line? I'm here, Graham. Okay. I, uh, I'm sorry to have you uh, muted the whole time, but it seems like everyone that's coming in uh, was getting turned on. Are you still there? I'm still here. That's fine. 
Do you have things that you want to add? Uh, I'm sorry I ate all those graham crackers while I was listening to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I I think the most important thing you said is that this is really a whole body approach. I mean, it's not not just about eating. It's about lifestyle, attitude, health. And these things really do fit together wonderfully when you start working with them. Uh, I, I resounded to your comments about uh, once you get on the right track with nutrition, everything kind of starts to fall into place because your body really does want to go that way naturally. But we're we're so out of the loop these days with what's available to us food-wise and attitude-wise that we kind of have to relearn how to get back into that. Right. And once we do, it's a really beautiful thing, but it takes work and it takes patience to get there. Are you there? Hello. Yes, hello. Hi. I am, have been listening, and I am wondering if you have, um, you're selling, do you have products that you, your cycle core products? Are they, yes. um, I have celiac disease, which I don't know if you know anything about it. It is an intolerance to gluten. Are, is that something that I would be able to use? Absolutely. Okay. I think uh, the intolerance to gluten, and again, there's people that have uh, the disease that you just mentioned and others that don't. Uh, I actually do not have, uh, how do you pronounce it again? I've always been confused with that. Celiac disease? Celiac, okay. Huh? I actually don't have, at least not that any physicians ever told me, but I can tell you that my body definitely reacts to gluten in a non-preferable way. I can eat it, uh-huh. okay, uh-huh. no problem, like I'm allergic to it or anything. But I think like most people, an overabundance of gluten in the diet can cause problems because typically a lot of gluten foods comes with other things, sugars, mm-hmm. high fructose right. corn syrups, uh-huh. you know, and just non, uh, non-healthy starches that are really going to help us begin to burn fat. So uh-huh. when we talk about cycle fuel, my nutrition plan, absolutely – uh, although I do not make it a mandatory that, hey, you have to eat gluten-free, very uh-huh. easily can you take cyclofuel and modify it where any of the gluten <clears throat> recommendations that I made in there, you could just as easily remove and replace. And, again, cyclofuel, my nutrition plan, is really based around wholesome, balanced tr- tactics. So whether you're a vegetarian, whether uh-huh. you are uh, you know, someone that's trying to avoid gluten or sugar in your diet, whether you are a diabetic, in fact, the best way to put it is that I really built a nutrition plan that could just as easily be used by a type 1 diabetic or a type 2 diabetic. I I believe that is a good nutrition plan because the whole purpose is to control insulin or at least Mm -hmm. modify insulin so it doesn't just go crazy, especially if you're looking Mm -hmm. to drop body fat. Because if insulin is going up because you're just way over-consuming carbohydrates, it's Mm -hmm. definitely going to cause major problems. And, Mm -hmm. and again, the the movement that you're on, and um, obviously you have a condition, Mm -hmm. but I think be honest with you, I think there's millions of people that have that condition that either don't know that they have it right, or that exactly. they don't really have it as a label, but they still don't react well to gluten or because they're, they're getting all the extra sugar that's coming in with, that, the, with the gluten that's coming with the food. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Do you have any other questions that need to be answered? Uh, not that I'm getting through here, but uh, let's put it like this. Uh, everyone that's still listening right now, uh, my email address is Graham, G-R-A-E-M-E, at cyclo, C-Y-C-L-O hyphen C-O-R-E dot com. If you have a question, 
You're welcome to send it to me, okay? But keep the question succinct, okay? One sentence, please. I literally get already, I get on the order between 100 and 300 emails a day, Georgina, you already know that. I do the best I can to get back to as many people as I can, but I can't possibly get back to everyone. So if I don't get back to you, do not take it personal. I do the very best I can. If it's a pertinent question or an emergency question, again, highlight that, and I'll do what I can to get back. Well, the, the way I tried to build all my programs, training or nutrition or otherwise, is, is real simple. I mean, I don't try to put stuff that looks cool on paper uh, just simply because it makes me stand out or makes me more different than my competitors. No, no, no. I learned the hard way through a lot of experience of being a, a trainer one-on-one that you give people rock-solid information, you stand behind them, you keep them motivated and, and engaged, and they'll do the work. And when they do the work, as long as the information is valid, they'll get the results. And I think that's really what my company stands for is uh, just solid basic information. Again, fundamentals at the end of the day are the key, fundamentals in nutrition, fundamentals in training. And, again, it might not have a lot of pizzazz to it. might not have a lot of a star quality to it. You won't see it on extra entertainment tonight and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, uh, this is the stuff that works in the real world, and you have to put your time in. But I think at the same, at this, at the same token, uh, and, Georgina, I think you can attest to this, I try to make it as simple as I can. I mean, I don't like complexity. I want this thing to be fun, you know. If it's not fun, I mean, it's just it's just not worth it because you can never hold on to it for very long. Yeah, that's that's what makes it last a long time, for sure. It's very you important. You have to focus on that. And, again, uh, Georgina and I have definitely uh, witnessed tonight and in registration that uh, there are, again, we've had, you know, over 2,000 women uh, sign up for this. Uh, we knew, of course, that not that many women would be able to attend tonight. I, ha- I have recorded, of course, the entire session. Uh, so we'll have this available for a short time for re-airing for all the information. All the basic topics that I, I covered tonight is covered in full-fledged, you know, ongoing information in my Cycle Fuel Nutrition Plan. And, of course, any customer of mine, and I've got thousands around the world that use my stuff, uh, can attest. When you, when you get my, my multimedia programs, whether it's Fuel or On The Go or Cycle Core, it's kind of like you've hired your own trainer because that's how I tried to build the program. I mean, I love working one-on-one. I did it for years. I was very good at it. Uh, I had a passion for it. But, you know, like anything else, you get burnt out with things. And I had ambitions to really spend time in the cycling market and work with, you know, tens of thousands of cyclists instead of just, you know, a handful. And that's what CycleCore has been able to do for me is really being able to bring my information to the masses and, of course, create hopefully a, a backup network. So my goal for, you know, is to serve you. I mean, that's what I'm, I'm here for. I'm I'm here to give you information you can use and uh, to really watch you excel. And uh, I know that you can burn fat using my stuff because I've proven it. And more importantly, uh, it's just it's basic information. And I, I think that it's going to be refreshing for all of you, uh, no matter whether you use my programs or not. Take some of the information I gave you tonight. Think about it. You might find that 99% of it has, n- has nothing that you didn't already know. But maybe that 1%, that one little tip or that one little caveat could be the missing link or the difference uh, in, that, in that next opportunity. Okay, other than that, I'm going to wrap up for tonight. Again, if you have questions, it's graham at cyclocore.com. Or, of course, uh, you can send all the information to Georgina. Let her deal with it. <laughs> and she can Fine with back. me. <laughs> but uh, uh, anything else that anyone needs from me, uh, I'll always do the best I can. Right now I'm going to go try to get some sleep, spend some time with my wife and uh, – Hopefully get some training in tomorrow if it's not pouring down rain. So had a lot of fun doing this for you all tonight. Um, hoping to do more, and uh, hope to see you again soon. Thanks, so Graham. We really, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'll talk to you Everybody all soon. Who, who came. Uh, hopefully you. we'll do this again with some other topics. Absolutely. So, 
and yeah, and anyone that has ideas for topics, if you have things that you think are are definitive for large scope topics, email them to me, Graham at Cyclocore.com, and I'll do what I can to pull those all together and figure out what's next. Because my goal is, is again, is to here to serve. So, whatever I can do to help. Okay, pleasure meeting you all, and I hope to see you again soon.